Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I am so excited about the episode that's coming up. Me too. We're talking personalities, but first, I have a question. Have people sure. started asking you for gift ideas for your kids yet? Yes, they have. <laughs> it is the season. It is the season. And it's so hard because I'm, I'm not quite there mentally yet. I like to get through Thanksgiving, but my mom is an early shopper. So she's like, you know, if you could just tell me exactly what the kids want today, that would be great. <laughs> But they want something different tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So we have an idea and you can tell the relatives. And the best part is it sees you through the whole year. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. It's so nice. I love subscription-y type things, you know, magazines, stuff like that. And we love, love, love our Radish Kid subscription box that we get. Um, We talked to Samantha from Radish in the last episode. And so fun. Radish is a subscription box. They send you recipe ideas to cook with your kids. Everything is visual. So even the youngest kids can follow along and make the recipes. And two years ago, our Radish Kids box, I think, had this thing called um, Festive Fondue. And it was chocolate and and white (laughs) chocolate. And then all these different things to dip in it. And I can't wait until it's time to make that again. (laughs) And I love how durable everything that they send is so that you can save it. And it, you know, kids can be hard on things. And the table talk. I love that as a gamer. Oh, absolutely. The table talk questions that come in every box. Yeah. And it's so nice because sometimes you have those meals where you're like, I just want everybody to kind of sit down and be nice to each other. And it's it's good to have something to discuss. Exactly. (laughs) And those are included in every box along with badges. And um, so kids work on a particular skill. So it's nice. It's like whisking or peeling garlic or something like that. And then they get a badge to show that they did it. So um, there's a ton of learning that goes on with each Radish Kids box. There's math and science and comprehension and just all kinds of good stuff. So Radish Kids is offering the Homeschool Sisters listeners a special offer. If you use the code podcast, you'll receive $15 off a six or 12 month membership. So you can go to Radish Kids to apply for this. And also you can download a free homeschool lesson to check it out and see if it might work for your family. That's awesome. So you can just tell the grandparents or whoever's asking, go to radishkids.com, mom and dad, and put in the code podcast, and then they'll get $15 off. And you can have like a whole year of awesome learning and awesome recipes with your kids. Um, a great gift. And to get the free lesson, just to see kind of what Radish has to offer, go to radishkids.com slash homeschool. And now we need to get on with the show, which... I'm so excited is so awesome. We talked to our friend Courtney Garrison from One Deep Drawer about personality types, and she pretty much blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
so much to think about. Yes, there's so much there. We talk about Myers-Briggs. We talk about the Enneagram. We talk about love languages. We talk a bunch about Gretchen Rubin, and it's just good, good, good. It was so much fun. Courtney recommends a ton of really good books and podcasts, and I know I filled my Amazon cart, and I'm excited to dive in and see how we can do our homeschool a little better around here. Yes, that using was the information. something that was really amazing was how she talked about how much personality can impact your homeschool. And she even talks about a book that she describes as being a really great homeschool book, even though it has nothing to do with homeschooling, but it has to do with knowing yourself better and how valuable that is and how life-changing it is and how it can just really, really help your homeschool every day. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Hey, Courtney. Hi, Kara. How are you? Good. How are you doing? It's so nice to see you. And and you've met Kate now. <laughs> yeah, so Hello. I've read your blog, and I really I have to say thank you because our family has started to play games, and it's because of your recommendations. Oh, I thank you. Games aren't something that is sort of like within my comfort zone. I didn't play games really as a child. I'm really like. If we need to do something, let's just read books. That's my go-to. But you can't always be reading books, and it's not always the right thing to be doing. And so games have really, like, filled in a little spot for us. And Aw, you just filled my bucket. All summer long, we're doing a family Uno challenge. So, like, we were keeping score of who won, and so it was really fun. Oh, awesome. And, um, Kate, you have your game schooling challenge going on. Is it just on Instagram yeah. or is it on Facebook too that people are sharing photos? I figure people can do it whenever, okay. wherever they want to. I'm doing it Instagram just because I get less overwhelmed over there, but wherever okay. people want to do it. Well, we will link to that in the show notes so that people can catch up and see all the good recommendations that everybody's sharing. I'll have to add a picture of us playing too. Yay! Yes. Perfect. Please do. Okay. So Courtney, will you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and the work that you do? Sure. Um... I live in the Pacific Northwest with my family. I've got three kids and a husband and a black and white cat. And my kids are 11 and 8 and 4. And my husband is 42. And the cat is 1. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do? What do you do for work? Because this is, this is really kind of fun. I homeschool my kids and I also work for Sarah McKenzie at the Read Aloud Revival with Kara Anderson. Exactly. And we kind of we like sort of knew of each other out there in the big wide world and then we met and realized that we were long lost halves of the same person. So it's been really nice. And we get to do the fun best things. kind of co-worker. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We get to do fun things like drive across rivers together. <laughs> I was so excited to be on the Homeschool Sisters podcast because I don't have sisters. Kara has the world's best sister, I think, but I have no sisters. And so I don't have any experience of that sort of like connection with another woman who you really do kind of seem like this, the, the other half too. So it's really fun. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you're here. I, this conversation could probably go on for like four hours. So we're going to have to be really, <laughs> totally. we're going to have to rein it in ladies. Okay. So today we're talking we personality and I, 
I've always been interested in personality stuff. Kate, I know you've done personality tests and Courtney, you've done personality tests. But what really made me realize we need to talk to Courtney about this was we went to um, Wild and Free in Franklin a couple months, a month ago, only a month ago now. And every time there was a minute of a break in the conversation, we all started talking about personality. (laughs) Didn't it seem like that a little bit that we were just, you know... Enneagram this and Myers-Briggs this. And <laughs> so have you always been interested in personality stuff, Courtney? I have. I mean, you know, like I used to take quizzes in the back of Glamour magazine as we stood in line at, in high school, you know, is he cheating on you? Take the test and find out. <laughs> I didn't even have to, But I'm always taking those tests. So it's just something that I do. So yeah, I'm totally hooked. Okay. So you know your Myers-Briggs type? Not really. No. Oh no! I know. How does that work? I know. You talk about it. That one's that's the one where I'm just sort of like I can't quite type myself, and I don't. I haven't yet connected with it so in a way that it's really helpful for me. So I'm Myers Briggs curious, but I don't have a type. Okay. All right, Kate. Do you know what you are, Myers Briggs? Mostly. I'm in, it depends. I haven't taken the official one in years. Like I don't think since grad school or college even, but I think I'm INFJ, but sometimes I'm INFP depending on which assessment you're using. Okay. I know. I, I, well, I know just enough to be dangerous. So that's like F is feeling and P is perceiving, right? So those are the differences there, but it doesn't really mean what it sounds like it means. That's the part that's confusing to me is that the letters have sort of a, a meaning in sort of English, but then Myers-Briggs is using them in very particular ways. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm an INFJ and I feel pretty confident that I'm an INFJ. And the part that I feel like has helped me the most is learning that I'm an I, which is introvert because you have introverts and extroverts. And I remember going to a conference when I was a new mom and it, it, it touched on introverts versus extroverts. And this woman sitting next to me was like, Oh, you're such an extrovert. You're such an extrovert. And I was thinking, I'm not at all, you know, like not even close. Why is she thinking that? And I think it's because there's sort of a perception out there. There's that word again, perception. Um, There's sort of an idea that introverts are shy and quiet and loners and we don't like people and we just want to like live in a little closeted world and not interact, which isn't true. Being an oh, introvert. I, I'm actually kind of introvert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am kind of too. Okay, never mind. Take that back. Um, what about you, Kate? Are you? <laughs> I, I see it as more of um, it's how you recharge. Like it's how you, you know, get your energy back. It's about energy, basically. And extroverts get their energy from interacting with people. So, someone we both know, Courtney, Sarah, Mackenzie a little bit of an extrovert <laughs> a little bit. and you see her in action and you can tell she just loves being with people and just thrives you know talking to people and you know people come up to her all the time oh I'm so sorry I don't want to you know I don't want to bother you and it's like no it's great because she gets so much energy from interacting <laughs> so we're kind of more um we recharge 
in a different way. Right. Right. So, right. That for me too, like you said, the introvert extrovert piece of it, um, is huge for me. And it really made a difference in how I saw myself and in the challenges that I had in the world. Um, in our family, I think there are four introverts and one extrovert. And that's kind of, I think, a good ratio. It takes four of us to deal with one of them. <laughs> we have one extrovert in our family, too. And it's really funny how that works. And I have to keep reminding myself, he needs this, like, time that for, for the longest time we'd have quiet time and everybody loved it except for him he'd come patting down like hey let me tell you this cool thing that I just remembered <laughs> like everyone's just recharging <laughs> and I think the biggest thing is that there's nothing wrong with being either one and exactly. it's really great when extroverts and introverts connect you know I mean I don't know what I would do in my world without my extroverts but I also really appreciate that I've figured out that I'm an introvert and that I can tell people now and that they now they know I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not angry. You know, I, I just am recharging when I when I pull back a little bit. So I think that's important. Have you guys um, typed your kids? Or a lot. <laughs> Exactly. Have you ever figured out what personality types your kids are? So for me, I haven't typed my kids any farther than just, are they introverts or extroverts? What about you, Kate? I've done the same. I've done the same. I have two introverts and one extrovert. I tried to take make everybody in my family take the test, and my husband came back an introvert. And I'm like, this is not this is not correct. This is not right. Like when we were at our wedding and the reception is wrapping up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's been a wonderful day. I can't wait to just go and take, you know, like just get out of these shoes and just relax. And he was like, one more song, you know? And I'm like, no, what? You're not an introvert, but I, I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he's, maybe he's a, a, cause there's ambiverts too. Right. Which really, right makes everything confusing. Thanks for that, Myers and Briggs. Why is it important to find out about your personality, do you think? I think for me, like you said, um, learning that you are an introvert changed how you were interacting with the world and what your expectations were. And for me too, that happened with um, homeschooling. And a few years ago, I read um, Gretchen Rubin's book, Better Than Before. And she has a whole list of things, not just are you an introvert or an extrovert, but also do you like to wake up early in the morning or do you like to stay up late? Do you like to begin things or finish things? Are you a sprinter or a marathoner? And learning things like that, thinking through questions like that really helped me in homeschooling because, um, I could very quickly, those became really quick filters for me so that I could see if a program or an opportunity would be a good fit for our family. So it's been helpful for me to be able to, you know, out of the sea of choices that there are to sort of wade in and find places where we fit. And you wrote a great post about that, that we'll link to in the show notes. And you called it like, your favorite homeschooling book or the best homeschooling book or something, which is kind of unexpected. 
it's not it's not a homeschooling book per se, but it actually has a lot to do with homeschooling, and it ha- because it has a lot to do with getting to know yourself. And in homeschooling, uh, one of the great benefits is we get to steer the ship. We get to be the box of everything, <laughs> and we get to set up our day so that it works for us and that it like, you know, it, it flows into the way that we are made. And so if starting early is not a good fit for you, then you can choose something else and you get to figure that out and, and make it work. I love that. And that's kind of like how Kate, you and I have talked about essentialism. I mean, it's not a homeschool book, book, but it's helped us to figure out when to say yes, when to say no, as moms and as homeschoolers. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a homeschool book for it to really impact your homeschool. Right. If it makes you just think about things and interpret things differently. And speaking of Gretchen Rubin, Courtney, you're a big fan of the four tendencies. Sure. So Gretchen Rubin just came up with a new book called Four Tendencies, um, and they came out of Better Than Before. So this was one little subchapter in Better Than Before, and now she's expanded it into a whole big book. And it's about the ways that we are motivated and the ways that we get things done in the world. How do you build in the habits that you want in your life? Um, So there's the upholder, the questioner, the rebel, and the obliger. The upholder can fulfill personal um, responsibilities and external responsibilities. Um, Questioners will fulfill external responsibilities if you can let them buy in, if they can question and figure out why it's a good fit for them. Rebels have a hard time buying into anything that they don't want to buy into. And then obligers um, can meet external expectations but have a hard time meeting internal expectations. So that's the short, the short version of it. Oh, okay. I'm remembering that she talked a little bit about this on her podcast now that you say that. So that's another good resource for people who are looking to learn more about this kind of stuff. Is her podcast called, what is her podcast? I think it's called happier. I I was going to say happier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the tendencies are interesting in regard to goal setting. So if you have a kiddo that's, you know, you you can look at how you want them to buy into or what would motivate them to complete projects or, right? Am I understanding that correctly? Exactly right. Yep. I like that. And so when you get an inkling, you can, you know, start to build in those things into your day. If you think you might have a questioner, you can give them reasons why you can help them see so that they can actively choose it instead of, you know, you trying to impose it from the outside. They can choose it. I definitely have a questioner. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you right now. So speaking of your kids and figuring out personality type for your kids, do you think that personality changes? So I don't know if personality really does officially change, but it seems like I have changed through time as I've gotten older, as I've become a mom, as my kids have gotten older. And then most recently, as I got a, I've started working again. And so having a job and having um, expectations and deadlines to meet has brought up new things for me. Um, I think skills, <laughs> skills we can call them, um, tendencies 
towards perfectionism when you're a mom and you're writing your kids to be a certain way, eh, that's not so, so helpful. But when you're an employee and you're doing copy editing and you're very meticulous and you can meet your deadlines and you can do good, careful work, well, then the perfectionism sort of is a blessing and it's a good thing. And so, so I don't know where that shift is, but, but that's been my experience. Oh, I love that. That's so true. And I think becoming a mom, for sure, a huge life change. So how could your personality not, you know, kind of roll with that a little bit differently? And then I love the way you talked about things being good in one area of your, you know, tendencies being good in one area of your life and not necessarily in another area of your life because... So true. Seriously, I mean, it you're right. Copy editing, you need to check for every, you know, but maybe when you're working with your kids on them writing a story, you don't need to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to say, even if you're thinking of it in terms of brain development, you know, your adolescence brain is still developing into like early twenties. So I think maybe, I don't know what the research says, but at least if you think of it in terms of growth, because I think we're always growing as long as we're here. So things will change a little as you gain perspective. Is it still worth it then for us to learn about personality stuff? Do you think? Good question. I say 100% yes. It's always got to be good. I mean, every little step that you get towards self-knowledge is a good thing. And so I say, even if it does shift, um, it, it, that's a good thing. It's good to note the shift. And, and I wonder too, if maybe part of the reason that homeschool moms are kind of drawn to this sort of thing, some of them, not all of them, but you know, a lot of home, homeschool moms that I know, um, are interested in personality type stuff because I think we have like a mindset of growth and continued learning. And so we want to know more about ourselves. We want to try to figure out the best way to act you know, interact with our spouses and our kids. We want to see our kids as individuals. And my kids have very different personalities. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And what works with one isn't going to work with the other. So I agree. I think it's good to keep learning about it, which is why I recently read about the Enneagram, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we need to talk about this. <laughs> I find it so confusing. <laughs> Let's have an Enneagram intervention. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So we're in, picture it, Nashville, October, 2017. And we're talking about the Enneagram and everybody's going around the table and everybody's like, I'm a two, I'm a four, I'm a six, I'm an eight, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I, because I have taken the test again and again, and I keep coming up with something different. And Courtney says, that's probably because you're a nine. So I read The Road Back to You, and I've been listening to The Road Back to You podcast, and I'm still confused, and I don't know what I am. And I said, a lot of times I come up as being a two, and Courtney, you said a lot of times women do come up as being a two, especially women who commonly find themselves in the helper kind of role in life. So, all right, Enneagram. I'm either a two, a five, a six, or a nine. (laughs) (laughs) Which is only about half of the ones, half of the options. (laughs) There's only nine. So yeah, if you're two, wait, two, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Do you know what you are, Courtney? I've been saying a four. That's what I had said. Um, and let's see the little catchphrase is the individualist. Um, but I think I might be a one, the reformer. That's that perfectionism. And it's been, like I said, since I started working as an adult, I like have all of these, all of these tendencies that I'm learning about and my oneness is making itself known. And then there's wings when you learn right. about the Enneagram that you can be a one, but you're not necessarily the same as all other ones because. So wings just are the numbers that are next to you. It's not, it's not complicated. So if you were a nine Kara, you could have an eight wing or a one wing. Okay. And then that is sort of, it's like you're leaning one way. Exactly. But you you still have the the core of a nine, and mm-hmm. so if you lean toward a one, you might be a little bit more. I was going to say rigid, but I don't want to say that. I mean, you might have a little bit more of those perfectionist tendencies, and then eight. I can't remember what eight is. The challenger, the need to be against, which I don't know. How yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and and yeah. Then are you kind of more? of a rebel than a perfectionist and it's all very I feel like you could spend a lot of time studying this <laughs> it's a little murky <laughs> so let me let me make two recommendations um for quizzes and then for more information about it um there's a book called the wisdom of the enneagram and the quizzes in here, there's a quiz for each number. So it's not like you take one test and then it says you are a seven or you are a two. Um, you think about, I mean, like Kate just listed off all the ones she might be. So she could start with those. <laughs> the way that they phrase their questions, I think, are really helpful. Um, so this is really like the Enneagram Bible, I think. Um, Wisdom of the Enneagram by John Richard Rizzo. But then to learn more about the Enneagram, Kara especially, I think you would love these books by um, Elizabeth Wagle. I don't know if you've come across them. um, Her last name is spelled W-A-G-E-L-E. And she's a cartoonist. And so her books are filled with cartoons. And so it's like the Enneagram numbers at a dinner party. And she has everyone set at the table. And the one is, you know, fussing with the the place setting. And the two is getting up to help pour drinks. And the three, you know. So it's like, it's these little snapshots that are funny, for one thing. But they really kind of get at the essence of what the type is. And so there's all, I mean, the Enneagram can be sort of high-flown and and hard to understand. But these books are totally down-to-earth and really helpful for, like, like kind of nailing what each type is like. Oh, I love it. I love it. My friend Mary from Not Before Seven got me this book for my birthday called Introvert Doodles. And (gasps) it's like, this is me in a little book. And then my whole family read it, like everybody in the family. And so I thought, you know, I, I do think that my kids are more introverted and my husband might be, he says he is, I don't know the wedding thing, but do you think it has to do with how he recharges though? I do because, okay, so he will get off work and be like, you know, just like come into the house, like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and I'm like, you know, and I'm just stirring the risotto, right? And he's just like, and and it's just so much, and I I just think, and and he, I mean, I, I love him, 
but the man cannot be alone, you know? Like, <laughs> and so I'll be like, I'm just going to go fold a load of laundry and watch a show for a few minutes or whatever. And like three minutes later, he's there and he's like, don't you want to talk? You know? And I'm like, I, I, I don't, but I love you. So yes. So I don't, I don't know because I can kind of see, I can kind of see what he's saying. He does there are times when he enjoys being alone. There are times when, and maybe that 15 minute car ride from work to home is enough for him. It's never enough for me. Like I could drive around in my car for like (laughs) three days. (laughs) I could go to New Hampshire to see you, Kate, and then drive straight to Courtney's house in Oregon and be like (laughs) the happiest girl in the world. As long as I had enough podcasts, I would be fantastic. So yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I will say that introvert doodles, if nothing else, helps everybody to kind of understand why I am the way I am, which I appreciate because I think for a long time I felt like before I, before I learned more about personality stuff, I felt like, well, am I just shy? Am I, you know, um, do I not like people? I kind of like people. Most people. I like you guys. Well, when did all this like introvert extrovert stuff become so popular? Because right now it's kind of just everyone gets it. But I feel like when we were growing up, people didn't. Because I always felt a little weird that, you know, not speaking up in class, but being present in class and getting docked for participation because I didn't feel the need to say on page 32, I felt moved by this passage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like it came after we were kids that there was just, I know Susan Cain helped a lot with quiet, but I don't know if it was before that or if that was what really sparked it, that people really now I feel like get introverts. What what about working in groups? Do you remember when it was like, find a group? I group projects were always a disaster and I was always paired with, I never feel like I got the chance to choose who was in my group. I was always placed with the kids who needed a little extra help. You know, the people who didn't really come to school, maybe I might have been in a group project in high school with a kid who actually physically cut pictures out of a library book to stick in our project. So, you know, as a one in, in Enneagram one, I when we would have group projects, I would like scan the room so that I could I could be a part of the smart people's group so that they would be I would be the, the laggard in their group instead of <laughs> to pull other people up. <laughs> But, okay, so right there, that's one of the great things, though, about if you're homeschooling and knowing your kids' personalities, you know, being able to say, this is a kid that doesn't want to do a group project with his brothers and sisters, you know, you can, by finding out more about this stuff, you can kind of um, help to tailor homeschooling even more, I think, and work to your kids' strengths instead of getting tied up in weaknesses because the truth is not being able to, you know, not wanting to, just because you're not raising your hand to answer the question doesn't mean you don't know the answer to the question, but in schools that's kind of seen as a negative. So, you know, at home, if we realize it would be easier for your child to write down their answers privately and not say it in front of the other kids or whatever, you know, you can work with that. It's kind of nice. That's the beauty of homeschooling is to get such a great understanding of each specific student. And because it's such a small group setting, you can meet them exactly what they need and where they'll shine the most and help them with their weaknesses. 
I love that idea of, of helping our kids to shine. That's just a, a wonderful image. And I mean, you know, schools, because of the scale, they can't do that sort of individualized work, but we can. But I think sometimes I forget it, you know, when I open up the book and it's, you know, Tuesday and it tells me I need to do X, Y, and Z, I start doing it, you know, and I'm a one. And so I can do it pretty good, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right fit for us at that time for that kid in that way. And it it takes like, you know, some, some work to like figure that out, to be connected to your kids and to yourself and to trust yourself enough to, to pull back and to push forward and to, you know, to ride those waves as they come. Well, and you know, Misty, um, it's simply convivial wrote a wonderful post about what's your homeschool personality type. And if anybody hasn't read that, oh my goodness, it, it changed everything for me because seeing it written out, it was like, okay, that's why XYZ curriculum works for my kids, but doesn't work for me. And that's okay. I need something different. And you know, I think one of the hardest lessons to learn as homeschool moms is that we need to take into account our needs, not just our kids' needs, when we're planning things. So it doesn't, that doesn't mean that we all have to do things the same way. And that post was like a giant permission slip for me to be like, okay, you can do it this way and you're still a good homeschool mom. that, you know, I mean, our kids are, I guess if we learn about this, then our kids, maybe it's a little earlier for them that they start to learn that you can be individual and you can like things you like and not like things you don't like and it's okay. And, and it gives them permission to, to be okay with who they are, which I really think is, is probably one of the biggest things about learning about your personality type is just, then you can learn to really be okay with who you are. You don't have to be like other people and you don't have to compare to other moms on the internet or in your homeschool group. And that makes you happier because you're not doing the whole comparison thing. This is just who I am. Yeah. And the sooner our kids can figure that out, the better. Okay. So Courtney, you have talked about a few of your favorite personality resources and stuff. Does everybody have, does anybody have other ideas for books, podcasts? Brand new is the book Reading People by... Ann Bogle. And she does a smash up job, I think, of sort of hitting all different types of, um, of personality programs. So she does Myers-Briggs and she does the Enneagram and she does love languages and she does strengths finder and there's others in there. So it's a good resource for sort of getting a big overview. And then maybe you could find the one that is the most interesting to you and learn more from it. I love it. I love that it combines lots of different kinds of personality tests. And you mentioned the love languages, which I think is huge for connecting with our kids. Um, Jamie at Simple Homeschool has a great post about that that we can link to. But learning more about what makes your kids feel loved, I mean, that's like a superpower, you know? And then there's a a book called um, Nurture by Nature. I always say it backwards. I think that's the one. And it talks about learning about your kids' personality types and then how to parent them effectively based on those personality types. So I think that's really helpful too. 
Yeah, there's a new, that's one of the pieces of the new Gretchen Rubin book for tendencies, um, is if you happen to be parenting a questioner or a rebel or an obliger or an upholder, here are some strategies. If you work with one of these, so it's not just who you are, but it's like how the different types can relate to each other too. So that's a, a helpful piece. To be doing some damage on, on Amazon after this. <laughs> <laughs> Hera, I, don't buy reading people because I'm sending that to you. Okay. And I, I do love, I did really love Road Back to You because it was so approachable. His writing, their writing, because it's uh-huh. um, Ian Morgan Crone and Susan Stabile, their writing is just so, so fun and funny and really, really good. And some of the stuff about the Enneagram can become really like esoteric and the wisdom of the past and like a little too much, you know, where you're just like, all right, come on. So, um, I, I liked it a lot and I think their podcast is great. And what I really love is that they talk to a nine, they talk to a two, they talk to, a, they talk to them about what it's like to be a four. So in listening to that, I sort of start to feel, okay, I am definitely a nine, but then I'll listen to the next one and I'll be like, well, I kind of do some two things a lot, so I'm still working it out. But now I have some resources, so I'm going to get those books, and we'll have to we'll have yeah, to circle I really, back. <laughs> I really like the Elizabeth Wagle books, and she has a parenting one. There's a work one. There's a love one. So the, like each one is sort of like different facets of your life, um, but I think you'll really like them, and I think it might help you like nail down some, some understanding so that you can rule some other things out and, and say like, okay, it's either this or this. Well, I do appreciate your book recommendations. You wrote a post for me one time (laughs) about books (laughs) when we first met. So we'll link to that too, but of awesome books (laughs) that I'm still reading through your book list that has just been very, very good, very transformative for me. So I appreciate that too. And our books, your love language. <laughs> well, acts of service is definitely high up there, but one of the acts of service can be, you know, like restocking my, my Amazon shelf or picking up my library phones. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So before we go, we always share something simple that's bringing us joy. Do you have something, Courtney? Yes. And I'm so, I like, I, I'm so happy that you do this. Um, joy is my word of the year. I love and it. it. You know, I kind of felt kind of corny picking it. Like, can I pick something that's like kind of got some more oomph to it or something? But like, I needed to be focusing on joy. Like I had sort of like the daily routines down, but like I needed the spark. I needed the the light of joy. Um, so that makes me super happy. My friend Lori Blackwell is um, an artist, and she um, every month makes a little page of journal inserts, and they're free, um, and they're a, this, a quarter sheet size, and so you can just you know kind of washi tape them into your journals, and it's a little bit of um, um, hand hand lettering and some thoughtful quotes and a thing to color, and it really. I, I just love them and they really do bring me joy. And so it's the second today as we're recording and I just printed mine out. And so that's the little thing that's giving me joy. Oh, I, I want those. That. What is They're your free. site? So it's laurieblackwell.com. Okay. All right. We'll put it in the show notes and I'm going to head over there as soon as we're done. Me too. What about you, Kate? My kids would love that too. Okay. So I know when I was 
before having children, I was very, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and I like to keep it sacred and have that, you know, I like November to be for Thanksgiving, but my kids love Christmas. And so last year I let them take Christmas out early. We sprinkled in some Christmas earlier than I, like my personality would normally have us do it. And it was so fun. So this year they, they begged, they said, November 1st, can we please, can we put out some Christmas? So I said, yes. And then I had a sick kid yesterday, so it didn't happen. So I told them if they were quiet during this podcast (laughs) that we could bring out Christmas, but I'm excited about twinkle lights. And I just love seeing how excited they are and getting the Christmas books out. And I think you can marry the two and have, you know, still have a focus on gratitude with a little Christmas sprinkled around. So it's working right now. Oh, I love <laughs> never <it>. say never. <laughs> what about you, Kara? All right. So my phone updated. Those of you that have iPhones know about these stupid phone <laughs> updates. They make me want to cry. I, it just, it really throws me. And the thing that threw me the most this time was they changed the podcast app. And yes. I love podcasts and it was driving me crazy and I could see that podcasts were coming through and I couldn't listen to them and then I was getting behind and it was just making me I don't know sometimes you know how there's just those things where it's like everything feels out of control but you just want one thing to be the way it used to be or should be or whatever so I ended up downloading a podcast app called Overcast And it has changed everything for me because now I have my podcast back (laughs) and it's really easy to use. And I don't know if there's great benefits of it beyond just that it makes sense to me now and everything looks in places where I can find it. And I hated the way that the iPhone update went. But anyway, um, if you are a podcast fan, I would say give Overcast a try because you can even make playlists. And I think this one is free. I think there's a pay version that has all kinds of crazy features. I haven't checked that out yet, but I can see where all my podcasts are now. I can figure out which ones I've listened to and which ones I haven't. And it just is bringing me sanity, which is bringing me joy. Well, thank you for sharing that because my husband and I were just lamenting the update and how we can't find anything and how nothing's playing when it's supposed to. Like what? I don't even understand what they did. I, I <laughs> when I go in there, it makes no sense. To I me. don't know. And it's just a mumbo jumbo. Like where, where are my things? <laughs> yeah. And normally, you know, there's not that many things that I really, that really like on my phone that I'm that. But this one, like, I, I need to be able to listen to my podcasts. And they, they all like went away and old ones were coming back. I just, I wanted to cry. Yes. So, yeah. So Overcast, <laughs> it's free. Um, I think the pay version is like four ninety nine. I haven't done that. I haven't needed it. It's only been 24 hours though. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of a playlist though, because then you could have the kids... And then, because I was telling my husband, I need one for kids, like a section for kids, a section for me, and then a section for me where I need the earbuds. Because some of the stuff I can listen to without earbuds, like Julie Bogart, and it's totally fine, and the kids will talk about what she's talking about. Then other things, you need the earbuds. Right, right. The yeah. My true crime podcasts, yeah. Right. I'm walking around <laughs> with the earbuds in because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you just talk about your true crime podcast, I get kind of freaked out. So like, 
<laughs> I, I, I'm really glad when you have the earbuds. <laughs> yeah. What, what personality type is the type of person that literally cannot watch like anything on television? And, you know, every time a commercial comes on for Sarah McLaughlin and her, her homeless pets, I like... <laughs> I cry for like 25 minutes, but I can listen to somebody where it's like, and then the foot washed up on the beach. And it's like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> all right. This has been awesome. I feel like we could talk to you all day, Courtney, but Yahoo. this was so fun. We all have kids in homeschooling and things like that. We should probably do so. Um, but maybe Man. we can, we can do some more personality research and talk to you again one of these days about our specific Enneagram types or something fun like Once that. Once we figure them out. Yeah. I'm going to get those books. <laughs> well, you know, I'll be, I'll be game for it. So thank awesome. you. Well, thank you so much. Thank and you. you can find all the show notes for this episode at the homeschoolsisters.com and have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister. Sister.